Colossians 2, 6 through 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Hello and welcome back to Chapel Shorts. This is your host, Mr. Admire. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas break and a happy new year. And it's uh, exciting to be back in school and back in chapel today. Opening our episode with Micaiah Rag reciting our theme verse for us today. He did a great job of that in chapel and very thankful for that and love hearing those students recite our theme verse from memory. Well, it is a new year, and at this time of the year, it's very common for people to stop and reflect over their past year and consider what they've done well or what they want to do better and then make plans for this future year on on how they would like their lives to be different. And so these are called New Year's resolutions that people make. And I began chapel by talking about how there's actually a trap, even for believers, when it comes to New Year's resolutions. If we make these resolutions with the wrong expectations and the wrong hopes and the wrong confidences. And, and, and that trap is that we can tend to rely on our plans to be the means of our righteousness. And our plans and accomplishing those plans to be our confidence for our righteousness before God. And that actually gets addressed in the very passage we're coming to next in the book of Colossians, in Colossians chapter 2. And part of the problem that was happening at Colossae is the Colossians were being taught by a certain group of people that they need to accomplish and fulfill human traditions and human commands in order to have confidence in their righteousness and standing before God. This is a problem called legalism. And they were being tempted towards legalism and and forsaking, looking to Christ for their confidence and looking to these other things. We're going to start getting into the meat of that. We've we've hinted at this and pointed to this. Well, now we get to the problem that's actually happen at, happening at Colossae. And uh, I actually read from verse 8 all the way down to the end of chapter 2, more than we have time for in chapel shorts. So we'll definitely give a brief overview of these things. But what you see in this passage is really a warning from the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul about abandoning Christ for some other means of righteousness and holy living. So we'll see in this passage God's way to live a holy life versus a worldly mindset or a human mindset on how to live a godly life. So you can follow along as I read verse 8 of chapter 2, which says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human traditions, according to the elemental spirits of this world, and not according to Christ. In that verse, we see a warning from the Holy Spirit, written by the Apostle Paul, about not being captive to the wrong mindset. The foundations of this wrong mindset are are that it's according to human tradition and according to the elemental spirits of the world. And that can really be summed up in in saying according to a worldly, meaning anti-biblical or or ungodly way of thinking about holy living. It's not something that God has taught, but it's something that man has come up with. And and that's opposed to what this ends with, uh, it says, and not according to Christ. So this is the opposition. You have option one, which is worldly thinking, and then option two, which is what is according to Christ, holiness found in Christ. And this passage is all about showing the details of why it is that you need to choose trusting in Christ for your holiness and not trusting in man-made religion for your righteousness, such as observing 
holy days or trusting in some religious activity like circumcision or even baptism, how those symbols represent what God has done in our, our lives and our hearts through Christ. Uh, but, but it's not about what's done by human hands. It's not about the activity that we can do. It's about trusting in Christ. And verses 9 through 15 really give details about what is offered to us in Christ. How in Christ our trespasses are forgiven and the debt that we had was nailed to the cross when Christ was crucified. And that's how our forgiveness is granted is by what Christ has done. Not by what we do, not by what we offer, but by by what Christ has done. Well, then if you move on to 16 through 19, he gives more details of what he's concerned about here for the Colossians when, when we have this worldly wisdom in mind. Because he says, Let no one pass judgment on you on questions of food or drink, uh, food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you. So these, these comments of let no one pass judgment, let no one disqualify you, these are where we're seeing that these are what people are saying you must do in order to be right with God. You're not qualified unless you've done this, or you're being judged unless you've done this. And these things aren't based on Scripture. They're not based on what God has said, but based on human tradition. And, and some other things he mentions in verse 18, he talks about asceticism, which is giving up the world's comforts when God never asked you to give up those things, or the worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, and puffed up with without reason by a sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourishing it together through its joints and ligaments, grows with the growth that is from God. So here he lays it out. These people are trying to say, you must do these man-made things, and they're neglecting Christ. They're forgetting their righteousness is found in Christ, and they're promoting these man-made religious ideas and saying, pursue these for righteousness. Well, the last paragraph in chapter 2, he ends by, by reminding them. He says, if you've already died to these things, if you know you can't earn your righteousness by yourself, then why are you living in them? Why are you still alive to those worldly philosophy? He says in verse 20, why do you submit to regulations like do not handle, do not taste, do not touch? referring to things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings. And then in verse 23, a very enlightening statement, he says, These have indeed a, an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So this human philosophy of how you can be made right with God or how you can pursue a holy life that's based on human ideas Paul admits there's, there's an attractiveness to this because it seems like a good idea. It seems right not to trust in someone else and not to trust in God and put faith in God for righteousness, but to take it on my shoulders and say, I've got to do it all. But the reality is this. When we approach holiness with that mindset, we are truly captive to those things. We're not set free like we're set free in Christ, but now we're captive to always trying to do something else in order to know that I'm right with the Lord. And also, we're signing up for guilt and shame because we all fall short of God's glory. So as we pursue holiness through those means, we're constantly going to see our, our need of becoming better. Whereas the other option is, is that we put our faith in Christ and we know that our righteousness is found in Him. We're not earning our righteousness and our standing before God. It's been granted to us as a gift. 
And in this option is freedom. Freedom from the guilt, freedom to serve God without shame, uh, freedom to approach God in prayer with joy. And so it's not that we don't pursue works. And as we think about the new year and, and think about things like you know, Bible reading plans and a, a prayer schedule, these are great things. But we pursue those things with joy and delight in our Savior, knowing that our righteousness is found in Him. We don't pursue these things trying to gain a righteousness and think maybe we'll finally get there. And that's the trap that we can fall into at this time of the year, especially when we think about what we need to do and, and, and the things we need to stop doing. You know, the Christian, yes, when they sin, they need to repent, but they don't repent thinking, maybe if I repent good enough, I'll be right with God. They repent because they know in Christ that sin has been forgiven and they they are striving to please their Father. They're striving to emulate their Savior. And so with that joy, we live out the Christian life. Well, that's all for today. Look forward to talking with you again next week in Chapel Shorts.